Hello there, this is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Amen. Once again, I would just like to thank the apostle over the house, uh, Apostle Wale Olulano and his wife, Pastor Ronke, for this privilege and opportunity to stand before you to minister the word of God. Hallelujah. Please open your scriptures to, with me to Psalm 95. We are reading verses 1 to 7. Are we there? Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. You know, it's interesting, Unified Priest sang a song, I have come to give you thanks, isn't it? Take all the praise. Take all the praise. You see, uh, that, that part is, he said, come, let us sing. It's an invitation to everyone and the great king above all gods. I love this. You know why thee? It didn't say a great God. No, thee. That tells you there's no basis for comparison. There is none like our God. You know, it's so funny. Some of the things that happened this morning, I just said, Lord, I bless you. You know why? It shows that in comparison to God, we're nothing. It's the great one. And our sufficiency is for me. May you not depart from this presence. May the songs of thanksgiving and joy not depart from your home. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. It does not matter. It's the one that qualifies the called. You understand? I thank God that we're not disqualified despite, in spite, our imperfections. The great God and the great king above all gods. Our God is awesome in power. He's awesome in might, you know. It says, in his hand are the deep places of the earth. The height of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands form the dry land. Just want to say to someone here, from the depth to the height, it all belongs to God. Regardless of where you are, regardless of where you think you are, you may think there is no hope. But I'm telling you this morning, the Lord is in the business of lifting up. Beyond imagination and expectation of men, you understand? He is the one that lifts up the poor. From the dust and, and the beggar from the dog hill, isn't it? And sits them among princes. That is what he does. That what makes him great. He's the one who makes the impossible possible. I'm declaring to you this morning that which seems impossible to your life, because of God, becomes a possibility. In the mighty name of and that possibility makes a way for you, and you'll be lifted and elevated in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. He says, Oh, come, let us. Worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. You know one of the beautiful things? There are various expressions, so ways of worshiping, expression. This one say, kneel down, bow down. Some sing, jump for joy. Said, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Why? For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture. And the sheep of his end. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Do you recognize the Lord as your maker? You see, the law cares. The law protects. The law will care for you. 
the Lord will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in by Christ Jesus. And then today, if you will hear his voice, I'm just reading one to seven. The title of my message this morning is, Is Your Praise Fitting? That's the question before us this morning. Is your praise fitting? Let us pray. Glorious Father, I thank you once again for the grace, the privilege, and honor to stand to minister your word before your people. Indeed, it is your doing and it is marvelous in our eyes because my sufficiency comes from you. Of indeed, without you, I can do nothing. And so, Lord, I ask this morning, even as I minister your word, that, Lord, you speak to us, you transform us, because the entrance of your word gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. Father, let your word have free course in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Let its impact be felt in the mighty name of Jesus. Let it bring healing, let it bring deliverance, Lord, in the precious mighty name of Jesus. Is your praise fitting? Well, I'm using the word praise here as a general term for words or deeds that honor or exalt God. So that includes thanksgiving, terms of worshiping God. So I'm using it in that term as a general term, praise, as a way in which we exalt and we honor God. The scripture says one of the things you see there is I, I come, I say, come, let us. It didn't base it on how you feel. He didn't say, my prayer has not been answered. I've asked, I have 10 prayer points. Two have been answered. Eight have not been. Therefore, that's my condition for not coming. It was simple. Come. Are you a member of God's house? Come. From the New Testament perspective, are you a partaker of the new covenant in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ? Come. Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Come. I'm sure that in the right of that psalm, there were some who would have felt, who, have, who would have uh, felt that, look, I'm still looking to God. There's nothing. But he said, the Lord said, come. Of interest to me, the, the first three verses of that psalm, there are three terms that were used to describe God. One was a metaphor, rock of salvation. And there were two others, which are the great king and the great God. The great God and the great king. You understand? Look, I, that will be my focus this morning in terms of his greatness. And I thank God for unified praise who, who, who ministered in that realm. The great God and the great, everything about God is around that realm. The person and his power. God is great in all ramification, in every way, in every shape and in every form. So everything, so when you look at it, the great king, the great God and the great king. About his person and his power. And both are important because, you see, it was uh, Moses that uh, helped us to understand that it's not just enough to know his power. Moses had performed. It got to a point. I think Exodus, is it 33 or Exodus 34? He said, Lord, now we need to speak. He said, you know, you told me I have found grace in your sight. Now you need to tell me who you are sending with me. And God hid him in the rock. You understand? And begin, revealed himself to him. And so dimensions of what was known in the Old Testament about God was from Moses. So a scripture like Psalm 103 is the replica of what Moses had said. Even though it was written by David. You understand? So very important to know the person and to know his power. I've said my focus is the word great this morning. You understand? Uh, but I, let me just, 
I looked at my dictionary, Merriam-Webster dictionary, and there are some few, a few definitions of great. Great means to be notably large in size. And so when you hear, you say, big, 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 huge, 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 great. Notably large in size. Amen. It's to be numerous. It's to be remarkable in magnitude, degree, or effectiveness. It's to be distinguished. And all of us will agree that God is distinguished. When he used the word, the great God, it was just to say, you know what, there's none. It is to be superior in character and quality. It is to be the main, the principal. I will just leave that as all my definitions of great. And the question comes to me is to some of the reasons why the psalmist, um, in my Bible, the, the title of that psalm is a call to worship and obedience. Why will the psalm writer ask? Why would he emphasize to say the great God and the great king? Why would he not just say, come, let us worship? Why is there a need for him to say the rock of our salvation, the great God, the great king? I have some, a few reasons, and let me just explain before I dovetail into what exactly, the reason why. It's a honor, first thing. It's an honor for God to grant you access into his presence. None of us is qualified. Uh, the thrice holy Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy. None. It's a privilege for you and I to be able to come into the presence of the Most High God who cannot behold sin. He has no sin in holiness. Totally pure. Not a single uh, jot, atom. You understand? Of what is impure in him. And so for God to call you and I, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, into his presence, it's a privilege. It's a honor. You understand? You know, we are talking about the Holy One. You understand? And yet, I want to bring that this is around, it's a honor and a privilege. But you know why? Because God is a personal God. So if you choose to keep him far away, it's a choice you have made. God is personal. You see, in that psalm, the word Lord was used, Yahweh, Jehovah. The old, the, the covenant and personal name of God in the Old Testament. You see, human beings are funny. The Lord said, thou shalt not call the name of, you know, the Jews at the point in time stopped calling that name. And that's why uh, nobody is truly sure of the pronunciation, the tetragrammon or whatever, Jehovah, Yahweh. You know why? Because men, we are legalistic and we are religious. And so the Lord said, thou shalt not call the name of the Lord in vain. It soon became, thou shalt not call the name of the Lord. And yet the Lord is personal. And so when God calls you into a relationship with him, it's a privilege and honor. God is not impersonal. And it's always about fellowshipping. You understand? And to the degree with which you press in is what you will receive from him. It was uh, God called them. Yeah? God called Moses. He called Aaron. He called the 70 elders of Israel. He said, all told them to come up here. Come up here. Up here. All of them. Come. He got to a stage. He said, the rest of you just stay here. I'm just coming Moses. All of you stay there. You understand? So even in God, <laughs> you can press it. Okay, uh, let me give an example. Okay, let, no, let me not use that example. You know. How deep? Fellowship. Uh, hmm. 
One of the things I want to say, you know, I'm talking about it's, it's a honor for God to invite you and I into fellowship with him. You understand? One of the reasons why it's a privilege, it's a honor for us to be in his presence. Because a name reflects the character of the person. It reflects the character, generally. So you hear words like, so when they want to, uh, you hear Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. It is, Yahweh is my provider. It is Abraham describing of what he has experienced of God. Amen. It's experiential. Amen. I pray that your experience of God will not just be theoretical. It will be real. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you will experience, if you are looking for God for salvation, for deliverance, for healing, you will experience him in the mighty name of Jesus. The people who give such, they were not talking from a theoretical point of view. It was an experience and they were able to give a testimony. Even Aga, Aga got to a point and God did something in her life. I said, Ha, El Rohi. He said, The Lord who sees me. You are the God who sees me. Second reason why I think he had to emphasize is that not every offering is acceptable to God. Not every offering is acceptable to God. Uh, includes Thanksgiving praise. Not every. Not every. God is not in the business of popularity context. It's not in likes, the number of likes. I'm looking for, at the number of people who like me, and then it's based on that, I'll make my judgment. It does not take everything. For reference, think about Cain and Abel. He's not interested in outward manifestation of piety. Let me give a few scripture. John 4, 23, it reads, But a time is coming, and he's already here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. It begins to tell you from the heart, in sincerity. I don't need those who just want outward manifestation of piety. Let me read another scripture. Matthew 15, 8 to 9, which is a reference to Isaiah 29, 13. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You see, you begin to see God does not accept every type of mother. And so there was a need for that psalmist to emphasize that, you know, when he coming to, please understand, shape, align yourself, understand that you are coming before into the presence of the great God and the great king. You understand? And align yourself appropriately. Not every offering is acceptable to God. Not. Third reason. How you view someone determines how you respond to them. Let me use a simple example that all of us can relate with, possibly. If your direct line manager, you have conversation with your direct line manager every day, isn't it? But when your CEO comes in, yeah, your head, the respect you are called is different, am I right? Same thing when uh, you, uh, people go before the queen, isn't it? You begin to see the interaction. The, the way you view someone determines how you respond to them. And so it was important that the psalmist had to say, you understand that you are coming before the great God and the great king. That you may worship him acceptably because so that you don't become familiar. Even though God is personal, loving, but it does not mean 
uh, he appreciates being disrespected. You still have to understand that he is God and you are his creation. And the next point leads and for the follow from one another. Unless you acknowledge the greatness of God, you will be unable to worship him in spirit and in truth. Look, the lesser is blessed by the greater. And that's one of the things we said during the communion. That's some interestingly. He said, well, today when you hear his voice, do not harden. Is that it's difficult when you don't consider God as great to yield to his instruction to obey him. One of the things when you read about Abraham, when Abraham was about to when Abraham sacrificed Isaac, his son, well, he didn't sacrifice him physically, but it was accepted as a sacrifice, even though he didn't, because of the position, the way in which he did it. You understand? They said Abraham understood that God was able to raise his son Isaac from the dead. Everything, dream, that appears dead in your life, may the Lord raise up in the mighty name of Jesus. May it receive life in the mighty name of Jesus. It was that faith. It's not over. I'm telling you, it's not over for you. You do not need to abandon that dream. It's not over for you in the mighty name of Jesus. It's not over. I'm telling you, it's not over. Abraham got to a point where he knew that, you know what? Even if he dies, God will raise him up. That dream may seem buried. I said, God will raise that dream up because it is from him. And he, dream and a, and he has a purpose and a plan for it. That child that seems as if has no future has exerted all your strength that you are discouraged. The Lord will bring that child back in the mighty name of Jesus. It's the same reason why Noah was able to uh, obey God. When God told him there was going to be a flood. You see, when you consider someone great and not a joker, <laughs> and you consider God holy, obedience becomes, I don't want to say obedience is necessarily easy. It depends on what he's asking you for. But you are more inclined to yield. and say, even though it feels it's very painful, I yield to you. Because you understand that is the author of your salvation. Point, last point. I want to mention on this is as the reason why I think the psalmist wrote that psalm. Said, I have to emphasize, great God, great king. I want to put this here from a New Testament perspective. Thanksgiving is one of the ways we express the joy of the Holy Spirit. Well, you will say, what are the scriptures to Buttress your point. Well, let me just read a few. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. It said, do not be drunk in, on wine. We lead to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. What now follows? Speaking to, another, to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Another scripture, we look at an example from the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, that's Luke chapter 10 verse 21. This scripture is interesting because uh, we cover Luke 10 as part of our mission. 
And this was after he had sent out the 70 and they were done marvelous works, you know, cast out demons, heal the sick. You understand? He said, and Jesus Christ said, at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit said, now see that, full of joy through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Let me read from NKJV. In that uh, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father... For so it seemed good in your sight. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me now cover a few things that makes great things. A few characteristics of God are great. Just a few. In every way, God is great. First thing, God's name is great. I've said that a name is used to signify the characteristics or attributes of the object name. So, uh, let me give a few things. I, I've mentioned some. Abraham said, Jehovah Jireh. It's because he experienced God as provider. Agar called El-Rohi. You are the God who sees me because of what God did. At a point in time, Moses said, ah, the Lord is my banner. After victory over the Amalekites, I refuted him. The Lord is my banner. You can, it's all experience. And you know the good news I have for us? You don't need to go and cram all the names of God. You understand, 99 names of God, 1,000 names of God. No. Because why of the name Jesus? The fullness of God dwells in him. The fullness of the deity, of the Godhead, dwells in bodily form in Christ Jesus. And so that name is above every other. So in the name of Jesus, everything that you can think of manifestation of the is dwells in that name, the name of Jesus. And you know what? That name, I had to say that too, because it's, it involves characteristics. It also carries authority. Because, you see, uh, because he humbled himself, he was obedient even unto death. Therefore, God gave him a name, which is above every other name. That the mention of the name of Jesus, every name, sh every, every knee should bow, of things in heaven, of things on earth, of things under the earth, to the glory of God the Father. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be. His name is great. Regardless of what other name that exists, that name is greater than any other name that you may think of, that you can imagine, that men may invoke. You understand, may invoke. The name of Jesus is great. Amen. Second thing. God's love is great. Are you not happy? Ephesians 2, 4 to 6. Said, but because of his great love, you see great love again for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Say, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places. You see, one of the great things that you find in the Bible, I said his love is great. John got to say, begin to define that you can't separate God from love. God is love. 
Love is the highest characteristic of God. We said, God is love. And what that tells you when he says that uh, the Lord is our maker, where the sheep of his pasture is love, means it takes care of your welfare. Everything about your life, God is interested in. Everything about our life, God is interested in. And one of the things I love about Christianity, now this is my, I pitch myself for Christianity any day. It's only religion on the face of the planet that can declare that God is love. That that experience of God is love is there. Because it's the only religion where their maker came to die for them. And was raised up for their justification. And frankly, you understand, there's no greater love. No greater love than that. And God will not do more than that. What else do you want me to, to do? And so if you, we choose to stay away from him, it's a choice. He has provided all we need for life and godliness. And that's why the scripture tells us, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I just want to add that God's love is unconditional. Second thing, God's mercy is great. Let me read a few scripture, some scripture. Psalm 103 verse 13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. David was trying to compare. And he said, if you want to understand the mercy of God, compassion means be full of mercy, merciful, full. If you want to understand the mercy of God, just think about how you have mercy upon your own children. That's not, uh, that's the way he is with you. You understand? Any thought or any imagination that makes you think that God's love for you is less than those of your parents is a lie from the pit of hell. In the <laughs> it's a lie from the pit of hell. And you know something? Micah now beats that. Let me now show you. Micah 7, 18. It says, Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and pardoning and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. It does not retain his anger forever because it delights in his mercy. Micah now tells you that the love for you have for your children cannot be compared with the love God has for your children or you. That there is no God like you who pardons iniquity. No. His mercy is great. So if you are thinking about, you know, we know that that mercy is a gesture of his love. You understand? You can't really, because he's loving, he's merciful. I'll just say something about mercy. It is because of his mercy that he takes away what we deserve. Well, in terms of punishment. And so Psalm 103 verse 10 now says, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. I think, is it my fourth point now? In what way is God great? His righteousness is great. God's righteousness is great. Psalm 36 6 says that your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep. Oh Lord, 
you preserve man and beast. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Just to say a few things, God's righteousness is not like man's righteousness. And so we don't measure ourselves by man's standards. Man's righteousness is like filthy rags unto God. You understand? And that is why God made him who knew no sin. That's Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. To become sin for us that we through him might become the righteousness of God. Well, you see, you see, uh, it's not, uh, self-righteousness can't do it. Okay, let me say something about self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is based on the outward. Focuses on the outward. You understand? It's not based on what is going on within. It focuses on the outward. It's based on human effort, not grace. And ultimately leads to pride. Takes pride in human accomplishments. And that's why the Pharisees, who were the self-righteous Lord in the day of Jesus, could not find it, could not connect with the Lord Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, sinners who understood their way and understood that they needed grace, you understand, while lining up with Jesus Christ to say, hey, all right, we turned away, but please help us, okay. I'm just saying a few things about God's righteousness. God is attached to righteousness. You cannot separate righteousness from God. Psalm 33, the Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unveiling love. You cannot separate righteousness from God. Another point about righteousness. Seeking righteousness causes blessing to flow towards you. Scripture for that is Matthew 6.34. Say, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. I've already told us that we obtain this righteousness through faith in Christ Jesus. Great. I think this is my fifth point. The Lord's faithfulness is great. Amen. Great is the faithfulness of God. Lamentations 3, 23. Said, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. One thing about faithfulness of God is it gives us assurance that we will fulfill his promises to us. You see, it's uh, to be faithful. It's scripture that says that confidence in an unfaithful man in the day of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. But God is not like that. God is faithful. Think of the most faithful people you have ever met. God is more faithful than they ever can be. Because God will never break his promises or his covenant. You understand what I'm saying? So that is what gives us hope. That is what engenders hope we know in us. Knowing that he will fulfill his promises. So if you say, why do I think God, why do you think God will fulfill his promise to me? It's because he's faithful. Just a few things about faithfulness. His faithfulness is what assures us that we are not tempted beyond that which we are able to handle. So are you going through any trial and temptation? I want to assure you. That you are not going beyond what you can handle. Because God is faithful. He knows you can handle it. He has allowed it. And he's using it to mature us in the mighty name of Jesus. If you want a reference scripture for that, it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I like this. His faithfulness is what assures us of his forgiveness of sins when we confess our sins. It's one of the ways you know. That's the reason you don't need to do carryover. About what happened... Two years, ten years ago. You understand? 
You know, it says, if we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us. Amen. Three more minutes. I'm going to stop there in terms of the faithfulness of God. The psalmist, going back to Psalm 95, said, it's the great God. It's the great king. And so I want us to come into his presence with singing. He said, come before the Lord, your maker, because of his greatness. I've described a few ways that we go, God is great. It's all around great. I've mentioned specific points. I could tell you that great is his power. We know that. God is powerful in every shape, in every form. And he's able to bring about the things that you're expecting by his mighty power. In the mighty name of Jesus. He's the one who calls those things which are not as if they were. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. And he's the one that speaks to things and they come to life. In the mighty name of Jesus. He's the only one that has created things out of nothingness. In the mighty name of Jesus. That's why he's called the creator. Every other thing has a reference point for making things. But God has no reference point. He does it because he's able to. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. We'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message. Please do call us on plus 44-208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again.